Hey there, folks. This is Phil Lackey coming at you once again from Nashville, Tennessee. And you are listening to Day Drinking the Night Away. Put it all together just to watch it fall apart. Maybe we're just bad from the start. Put it all together just to watch it fall apart. Maybe we're just bad from the start. Hey folks, great to see you back here for the second episode of Day Drinking the Night Away. I'm your host, Phil Lackey. An interesting thing happened uh, between uh, the first episode and this episode. Uh, It seems that I lost my voice for a little while. I'm not used to talking a lot during the day. I have a job where I'm sitting at a computer and I'm Uh, typing away all day long and uh, just have these random meetings every once in a while. But for the most part, I'm working remote because of um, the pandemic, of course. And um, yeah, I just don't talk a lot, surprisingly. And so the first episode, if you listen to it, I'm doing a lot of um, crazy characters, uh, doing a lot of weird voices. And uh, yeah, it, it stressed my voice out to the point where I just couldn't do anything anymore. And uh, so... Um, that's bad. I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to lose my voice while I'm trying to do a podcast and trying to do voice acting on a podcast and, um, all this great stuff. So, uh, I did what any sane person would do. I go to the internet. Uh, I went to, uh, YouTube and started looking for uh, all sorts of different tutorials about how to heal your voice. Uh, I know that doesn't seem like the smartest thing to do. Uh, most people would just go to a doctor, but YouTube has become surprisingly great just in the past three years uh, about its quality of, of education, uh, basically. Uh, so you can find all sorts of things about, uh, you know, physical care. You can find all sorts of things about, uh, you know, if you want to rebuild a car, or if you want to learn how to program a computer. There's people that uh, post entire series of how-to things, and they're really high quality. Uh, It's really great stuff. I even had a doctor one time look up something on YouTube to explain to me uh, how how something worked. Um, So that's pretty telling. Uh, Anyway, if you're interested or if you have problems with losing your voice sometimes, uh, there are certain things that you can do that'll really that'll really help. Um, you, you've probably seen the or, or heard people do the buzzing or the flapping of the lip thing. I'll stick that in right here. Well, I always wondered, you know, why are they buzzing their lips? Why are they flapping their lips? What, what difference does that make? Why is that important? Uh, It turns out that that's not really the important thing. The important thing is that you're limiting the air that's escaping through your mouth. So what you're trying to do is uh, keep pressure in the front of your mouth so that it goes back towards your vocal cords. So if you, uh, from my research, from what I learned about how the vocal cords work, uh, when you're singing or when you're talking, you have air pressure coming up from your lungs out through your mouth and your vocal cords are getting hit from one side. Uh, and so you're, you have pressure coming from one side, but it's not really equal on the other side. Uh, 
And so if you limit the airflow going out through your mouth, that airflow bounces back against your vocal cords and sort of creates an equilibrium and allows your vocal cords to vibrate more freely. And uh, so the buzzing exercise is one thing that you can do. Uh, and you also have this thing you can do with a drinking straw that does the same sort of thing. So when you're blowing through a drinking straw, and you're using this, uh, uh, like a syllable, like a ooh type syllable through the drinking straw, you're limiting the airflow going out and you're creating that back pressure that does the same sort of thing that creates an equilibrium there with your with your vocal cords. So I learned a lot of stuff about how that works and apparently when you're when you do that throughout the day um, it actually helps heal your vocal cords. So I, I did lots of that and I did lots of throat coat tea, uh, did lots of uh, lozenges, uh, you know basically just your normal stuff that any other studio singer or maybe voice actor that knows what he's doing unlike me, um, knows how to do already. Uh, so I'm learning all these great things and it's, it's, uh, really helping out. And, uh, my voice got to the point where I could actually do a couple of skits. And so I'm going to have a couple of skits for you tonight. And next week I've got a Halloween special that I'm really excited about as well, uh, where I'm doing a, uh, it's not, it's not comedy stuff. I know the, the first episode was all comedy and this episode is really going to be all comedy pretty much, but next week, uh, it's going to be kind of spooky. And, uh, I've got a, uh, story that I'm going to do. It's a telling of Edgar Allan Poe's great story, the mask of the red death. And, um, it's going to have music and sound effects and lots of cool stuff. So you definitely want to tune in and check that out. And there'll be some other stuff on the show as well, but that's going to be the biggest portion of it. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really happy with the way that that turned out. And I'm really happy with the way this episode turned out as well. There's going to be a couple of cool things. So this episode, we're going to have a segment where you're going to get to listen to an interview with a local food truck operator here in Nashville. And Lastly, you'll hear an unusual story about a man who was born with a gun. And there's probably a reason for that. But anyways, enough uh, chit-chatting, enough dilly-dallying around. Why don't we get on with the show? Enjoy, folks. Underground. I'm your host, Mervyn Perez. Our show deals with topics surrounding the history of the local indie music scene here in Nashville, Tennessee. Today we're extremely lucky to have on the show Mr. Fox Sanchez. Fox is a local legend in the Nashville ska music scene. He is the founder and frontman for the band Felonious Punk who in 1992 hit the Billboard Top 1000 with their hit song, Gimme, 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 parentheses, More Drugs. Most recently though, Fox has become known for his newest entrepreneurial move within the local food truck industry. Uh, welcome to the show, Fox. How are you doing today? So good. Mervyn, so good, man. I'm just uh, uh, lucky, man. Just really lucky just to be alive, just to see another, you know, day, beautiful day. I mean, it's cloud, it's raining outside right now, but I mean, it's beautiful. Every, every day is beautiful when you're alive. 
you know, you're not on drugs. What was it like to leave the world of drugs behind? What was it like to to kick the habit? Was, is that something that you're comfortable talking about? I wouldn't say that I kicked it. I'm just not on drugs right now. You know, um, things are, you know, things are looking up right now as far as I can tell. Well, um, that's, that's great to hear, Fox. Um, we, we know of your history in the ska music scene. Um, have you had any shows lately with your band? Uh, uh, no, not really. I mean, our last show was probably, uh, 1997. I think it's kind of like when ska was kind of going kind of downhill, you know, and we didn't really have like a, there wasn't really like a big market for ska you know in the area to begin with but like you know we had that kind of hit song where it's like gimme 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 more drugs more drugs you know you remember the song and it's like uh then we got sued because it sounded a lot like um everybody something like everybody cut foot loose foot loose you know and we didn't know you know about copyright stuff you know at the time and you know that was that was a big deal, you know, because that like took pretty much most of the money to make, you know, the sophomore album, you know, so, uh, you know, pay, you know. So you guys were actually sued by the copyright holders for the song Footloose. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was it was eye opening experience. You know, it was like the first time, you know, with our, our we had to hit the wall with the man, you know, in the record industry, you know, and it was rough. You know, they were, uh, it was pretty expensive. So yeah, so that pretty much killed it. You know, that we pretty much, you know, hung it up after that, you know, cause like I had this side gig, you know, I don't really want to talk about it, but like our bass player, you know, he was, uh, he was working at McDonald's, you know, at the time. And, uh, he's actually still working at McDonald's by the way. Yeah. I didn't know it. I went through the drive-thru the other day, you know, to get some coffee and like, and, and there he is, there's Tom, you know, it's like, Hey man, what's going on? So we, we kind of shot the shit, you know, for a few minutes and, uh, you know, his manager started getting on his case. So we, we had to go, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I really hadn't seen those guys, you know, all, uh, very often, you know, our drummer, you know, he, you know, he went all corporate on us and like, he's like, He's like manager now at like some bank, you know, uh, you know, he's got like a pool and stuff, you know, I mean, it's hard to keep guys together, you know, when you got to manage a bank, you know, it's hard to keep, you know, this music scene alive, you know, banks, you know, well, it's great to hear that you're still keeping in touch with those guys and uh, uh, most recently you've decided to make a shift into the world of uh, the food industry and food trucks in particular could you talk about that a little what was your uh, inspiration and what led you down that path that's a great question I so like after the big lawsuit, you know, and we lost all our money, you know, I was trying to find a way to, like, how are we going to, you know, how am I going to make money? You know, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep selling drugs. I mean, you know, the side gig thing, I can't keep doing that anymore. So it's like, uh, yeah, all kinds of issues there. So it's like, 
you know, I started thinking about, okay, tacos, man. What is it? What is it you like? You know, when you're, if I'm on drugs, you know, which I'm not right now, but like, if I'm on, I'm like, what do you, what do you like? You know, it's like tacos, like tacos are huge. Everybody, man, everybody likes tacos. Even if you're not on drugs, you like tacos, you know? I mean, you like tacos? Yes, I have to say I'm pretty fond of tacos myself. See, I mean, like everybody, you know, uh, likes tacos. So I thought, hey, what's something nobody's doing in tacos right now? You know, it's like um, I could send you a taco. So like if you're at, you know, if you're in your house right now and you're like, you're, you know, you're a little wasted or something. It's like bad news for you to leave your house and like go get tacos, right? So I could like get you tacos. So you were already thinking about food delivery services like uh, Uber Eats or Grubhub uh, before those even existed. You were already ahead of this. I wouldn't say I was ahead of it. I mean, it's like, um, I mean, I, I just hadn't heard of it. You know, this is just a few years ago, you know, so I mean, everybody knew about it already. Uh, I just didn't know about it myself. So it's like. Uh, but I, and I had kind of, a, I wasn't really delivering it. I was shipping it. So it's like, I'm just going to ship tacos, you know, and man, it became something else. Like it was like, I, I had, a, you know, I was taking tacos and I was like, I, I had them all boxed up and everything. I was at the post office, you know, man. And like an hour later, you know, I'm getting phone calls from the post office and they're like, all oh, on my case, like, man, you got to come back here, dude. You got like, meat and cheese like falling out of the box and stuff you know it's like we got ants up in here you know like all over the place you know and uh so uh you know i i go back in it's like turns out you know you gotta have like packaging you know you gotta have like stuff you can't just stick a stamp you know on the shell you know i mean i tried that it's really hard to get them to stay on there so it's like you gotta you gotta have like some kind of, you know, plastic or something that you put around it, you know, cause it smells, it'll start to smell bad after a few days, you know? And you know, sometimes I found out, you know, it actually takes like a week sometimes to get something shipped. You know, somebody in California, you know, orders, you know, a box of tacos, you know, or something, it's gonna take a while. You know, and sour cream will actually get hard. Did you know that? Like if, if you're, if you leave sour cream out long enough, man, it gets hard, you know, but yeah, so that business didn't really last very long. And, um, after that though, you know, that's when we started, you know, I started hearing about all these trucks, you know, that's right. The local food truck industry in Nashville has really taken off in popularity in the last few years. Oh yeah. So like, uh, so we got a, uh, you know, I got an old, uh, bus, you know, I got like an old school bus and I was gonna, uh, it was one of the shorter school buses, you know, and I thought, Hey, I can do this out of a truck. And like, some people were offended by that. So it's like, man, this is probably not a good idea. So I didn't do that. And then I got a van and then some people were like scared of the van and stuff. So then I started like shopping around. I was like, okay, like how can we, you know, what about an ice cream truck? You know, so I just got an ice cream truck and cause people buy, you know, if you're freaked out about buying stuff out of an ice cream truck, then, you know, that's your deal, you know, cause like people do that, been doing that for years. So I, I just don't sell ice cream, you know, I sell, uh, you know, my, my stuff, I sell my pizzas, you know, 
out of it. And uh, um, what's the uh, name of your food truck? What's the idea behind it? Well, I it's it's unique because it's like um, here I'll give you the thing. The whole idea behind the food truck was like, you know, what's the best part of the pizza? You know, man, what's the best part? Like it's that first bite, man. That first mm-hmm. bite of pizza you lift up out of the box. It's like piping hot. You know, you bite into it. it it's delicious, man. So I was like, why? Why don't we just do that for every bite? Why not make every bite that first bite, you know? And so basically what I sell is like the first piece of the pizza, like the first bite of the pizza, like the front of it, you know, and the whole, and the food truck's called just the tips, okay. you know? So that's what we call the food truck, just the tips. And it's the tips of all the pizza, you know? And so, you know, and it, and it worked out, you know, and uh, it's, it's working really great. So that's, that's great. That's a really original idea. So, what are some of the challenges that you find facing yourself in this new venture? Oh man, uh, without a doubt, ants. I mean, it's like uh, bugs, you know, are the biggest challenge right now. And it's like, uh, uh, you know, you start up a food truck, you go, you get your truck, you get your license for the truck, man. There's all kinds of, it's a hassle, you know, all this stuff you got to get and you got to get this certification and you got to get the health department, all this kind of stuff. You know, you got to remember your keys and stuff and gas it up. And then it's like, uh, you know, you're making the food, you know, you get it stocked up with food and you're ready to go and stuff. And you look down and man, there's like bugs everywhere. There's like ants all over the place, man. So, I mean, that's the, that's probably the biggest concern without a doubt, you know, is ants. You know, I mean, you're in the food business, man. You're you're really in the ant business. The, you know, if I get really, uh, I really want to find people if they want to buy, you know, pizza, and if I really wanted to make the, where the money's at is find people who also want bugs. You know, because mm-hmm. if you can, uh, mm-hmm. if you can knock mm-hmm. two stones out of the park with one hit, you know, or whatever it's called, like you. Um, yeah, like pizza, you can sell the pizza and you, and you can then scoop up the ants and like give those to people too. Cause it's like, you know, when you're, when you're getting all your licenses and your certifications and stuff, you know, they ought to just go ahead and give you a starter pack. You know, here's your bugs, you know, cause they're coming. There's nothing you can do about it. They're all over the place. I mean, it's not, it's not as bad now. You know, I don't want to freak anybody out or anything. It's not nearly as bad now as it was. Um, uh, but that's kind of where I got the idea, you know, for the pizza pieces, you know, cause I could cut off the parts that, you know, didn't have the bugs on them, you know, and then just sell the pieces of the pizza and stuff, you know? So, yeah, you know, that's kind of where the idea, you know, kind of came from originally. And then I thought, Hey, just the tips, you know, it'd be perfect. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's where we're uh, going with things right now. And, um, uh, and it seems to be working out pretty well. That's great to hear that you're having so much success with the food truck. Uh, how long have you been in business, and uh, is it just you? Yeah, it's just uh, it's just me and my old lady, you know, and, uh, you know, my bass player, you know, I called him up. He's at McDonald's, you know, I said, man, you want to get in on the food truck business I got? He's like, nah, man, I'm going to stick it out here at Mickey D's, you know. And it's like, I understand, man, because he's got benefits there, you know. He's got, like, um you know, he's got like some kind of insurance and he gets free coffee, you know? So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not giving away coffee. You know, I don't even have coffee. It's a pizza truck. You know, he has some bugs. 
you know, I give away some, you know, if he wants some of those, you know, if, you never know. There might be a market for that, you know. If there is somebody out there, let me know. Because, I mean, hey, you know, I'm, I, I got you hooked up. I've got the hookup, man, for bugs. But, uh, yeah, so that's about, that's about, that's about it. That's what I want to do. We've been in business for about three weeks now. So, you know, it's uh, going pretty strong so far, you know, where, uh, uh, yeah, just that's about it. Well, that's all really great. Uh, great to hear. Um, so what's the schedule for the truck and uh, what are the typical locations that you can be found at? Yeah, I think we're going to be at uh, Belmont University like on Wednesday. I I don't know. You have to maybe check the website. I don't even know. I'm not sure if I've got a website yet. Um, I need to check that. I'll I'll uh, call you back and, and let you know for sure. And then we're gonna be at Vanderbilt like a Friday, something like that. I'll I'll find out, you know, and let you know, and you know, let you guys know, and uh, make sure get our website up. If we don't, well, I'll make like a Facebook or something, you know, Instagram. Um, you know, just uh, try to try to cut out the bugs, you know. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, it's been great and, uh, enjoy it so far and, uh, you know, great pizza. It's delicious pizza, man. I'm sure it is. Um, and Fox, thank you so much for coming in today and best wishes with, uh, continued success in your food truck business or whatever industry you decide to go into next. Uh, and again, thank you so much for coming today. It was a pleasure. Thank you, man. Thank you so much, man. I've actually brought some pizza with me. If you want some pizza tips, you know, I got them, you know, in the back of the truck. Uh, I could, you know, call my assistant. You know, it's not really my assistant. It's not an old lady, but she can come get them and bring them in for you if you like. Um, I actually had some Panera earlier, so I, I'm good. But uh, again, thank you so much for coming in. I, I hope to have you back very soon. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, man. Oh, man. Oh, sorry, ants. It's biting. Fox Sanchez, folks. A real pleasure to meet him. Tune in again next week when we'll be interviewing Margaret Applebaum, the local emo singer who decided to open a goth boot store on Broadway. Uh, Till next time, I'll see you then. Hey, Lewis, can we get some ant traps in here, please? Gary. I was born with a gun in my hand. I know it sounds ludicrous, but it's true. There was much confusion and befuddlement in the delivery room. The doctors and the nurses were all quite astonished. When they handed me over to my mother, the doctor said, it's a boy and an M16 rifle. My mother was anemic, so she was always low on iron. 
but apparently had plenty of stainless steel and gunpowder to go around. It does explain that weird birthmark that my mother had, though. If you look at it really closely, it looks an awful lot like a baby with a machine gun. Father was so proud, showing off photos to all the guys at the electrical engineering college that he taught at. He didn't own a gun and knew nothing about them, but the fact that his sperm had helped create one made him feel manly nonetheless. The gun was not full size when I was born, mind you, and neither was I. The gun grew just like I did. And I'll have you know, I've never actually had to shoot the gun, uh, never even wanted to, to be honest. Unbeknownst to most, it looks like I'm holding it, just like anyone else would, but it can't be separated from my palm. They're sort of fused together. It was never strange to me. It had always been there, but it took other folks quite a while to get used to it. That was the great thing about Libby. It never really seemed to bother her. Libby and I became sweethearts in college. She was on the lacrosse team and I was on the astronomy team. Yes, competitive astronomy was a thing. We see who can find planets and stars the quickest. I wasn't much into sports anyway. The swim team coach said I couldn't join because the ammo clip created too much pull and gave me an unfair advantage. And the track and field coach only wanted me so that I could fire the starting shot. I'm a pacifist anyway, and there's always a chance that I might accidentally hit a bird while firing that shot, or in my case, even bring down a jetliner. Just like the gun and my hand, Libby and I were inseparable. We would often go up to Cedar Crest Hill, out behind the dormitories, and I'd whip out my telescope and we'd look at the stars together. One night we started making out and it proceeded into something bigger. Not just sex, but an alien invasion. As it turns out, the asteroid that I thought I had tagged was actually the mothership of an alien race of mutant spider ducks that were hell-bent on destroying the Earth. While we were lying there and making love, the ship was entering the atmosphere and laying waste to Washington, D.C. When we got word of the attacks, Libby said that she didn't want to live without me and she was frightened. So we went straight to the courthouse and got married. I couldn't afford a ring, so I fired my first shot in order to have the shell casing turned into one. Anyway, looks like my pacifism had come to an end. One of the alien platypus tarantula things heard the shot and burst into the courthouse looking for an easy meal. 
It caught the minister in a giant spidery web and let out this ominous quack of death. Something changed in me that day. For the first time, I felt like I was right where I belonged. Right where I needed to be. Call it deja vu or de la soul. I don't know, but I stepped forward and said, Not today, you damn dirty spider duck. And proceeded to unload my birthright into his ugly twelve-eyed duck face. After that, we took off into the hills where we used to go with the telescope. We set up a little log cabin while all the cities burned to the ground. Occasionally, we would fight off a few of the stray monsters that happened to be unlucky enough to run up on us. And here we are, eight months from that first night we spent on the hillside, right before everything started to go to hell. Libby is pregnant with our first baby and asleep over there in the corner of the cabin. I went over and laid down next to her just like that first night on the hill. I didn't tell her back in those days, but as she was falling asleep and rolled over, I saw it right there on her back, plain as day. It was a birthmark. The other day she asked me, how are we going to fight off this alien apocalypse and save the earth? But there it was on her back. The birthmark was that of a baby holding a grenade launcher and riding a Tyrannosaurus Rex. She's due in about a week. I think we need to have a talk soon. concludes episode two of day drinking the night away and i want to thank you all once again for tuning in and listening to these uh silly skits that i put on sometimes and uh there's going to be more stuff down the pike uh this is a growing evolving living organism and uh, uh next week in the halloween episode there's going to be some awesome cool spooky stuff going on there so i hope you get to check that out and uh who knows what's going to come there may be some more serious stories some more scary stories some more whatever who knows who knows what's going to happen right anyway thanks again for checking this out and uh i hope to see you back here a real soon